Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome on to Hollinger and Duncan, where someone who once was an executive and someone who once wanted to be an executive and never will be are going to rank all 30 organizations and tell them what they're doing right and wrong. So I, I, I hope... Everyone appreciates that, but hey, you know, if we're not going to do it, who will, right? Exactly. Plus, this is <laughs> this this is uh, very fun and cathartic for I think fans of certain teams, uh, especially teams who will probably not we will probably not get to until the uh, second or third round <laughs> of this exercise. <laughs> yeah. So before we begin here, John, what are some of the factors? that we are including here. And I'll begin by saying this doesn't include the coach. This is, we'd rank this as organizations because it's ownership, it's management, but not the coach. Those, uh, the owner and management hire the coach. So you also don't want to rank general managers or or presidents of basketball operations because they're just part of of the whole. So I, I think it's easier to rank the organization because then there's no question about whether one person has responsibility, one person's doing a good job, the owner's doing a, a bad job, the GM is is fighting against the owner. No, it's just, what have you put on paper as a, an organization? Yes, and I, I think that's easier because we tend to think that individual general managers operate the way we operate our fantasy teams, and that that's not really how it works. And you sort of, you, you have to carry the assumption that you don't know what went on in the meeting. Um, yeah. You know, organizations don't necessarily move in lockstep. There are disagreements. There are, you know, it's rare that you all walk out of a room and it's, you know, the vote is unanimous to go in one direction or another, uh, especially in a, shall we say, non-obvious situation. So, uh, you know, ownership has its say and that varies by organization. The GM has its say. Sometimes the coach has input. Sometimes other people in the organization have different levels of input. So, uh, just just evaluating the body of work, I, I think, is actually an easier way to do it than saying this particular GM. Yeah, absolutely. And and so, of course, transactions will be included, right? Free agency, where you're know, getting big ticket free agents. I mean, sometimes that's not realistic in a certain market. But if you manage to get guys to want to come there, and particularly if that's in a market that isn't you know traditionally the uh, sun and sand type of markets, I definitely will give you a lot of credit what if for you that. Do that and it ends up being one of the worst signings in NBA history. <laughs> can't can't uh, think I mean, of that's... an example, just hypothetically. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, that wouldn't be a huge feather in the, in the cap. <laughs> but but if you also were to acquire, you know, the, the best defensive wing in the league for nothing, that's that's pretty good too, right? So uh, uh, if you're able to get a near all-star level point guard uh, on a $10 million a year contract, you know, that that's something that, that adds up as well. So signings, re-signings, extensions, it obviously is, are even more important as of now. What are some of the other factors we're going to look at? Uh, roster management, organizational stability, I think is important. Um, yeah. Ownership, willingness to invest in the product. Uh, definitely. Which definitely varies by market here. Uh, and... Overall sense of uh, strategic uh, direction and yes, yeah, vision. That, vision. That's yeah, that's what that's, I have written down here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, are they just throwing stuff at the wall, or is there actually some kind of plan here to get from A to B? Well, and maybe not only get from A to B, but get from A to Z, right? To yeah. to actually really matter in the league, as opposed, as opposed to, to say chasing the play in. Precisely. Precisely. Uh, player development also uh, is big. Uh, now that's subject. All of these are subject to a, a relatively small sample size. Uh, and sometimes, you know, if things just didn't work out, if there wasn't, you made a move and you got unlucky, we'll try to account for that. But if the move that we thought was terrible at the time turned out to be terrible, that's going to get you uh, a lot of negative points. Um, hiring a coach, certainly a, a big part of that, uh, synergy with said coach uh just your overall organizational process having like a deep bench in your front office i I think if you have been an organization that has produced a lot of people who have gone other places and gone on to greater success other places you certainly get credit if you embrace a a more modern way of thinking uh, analytics in your decision making it will give you points there um what else am i missing salary cap management Yes. Understanding yes. and optimizing it. Yeah. No, that's that's huge. And uh, sadly, we probably should add this as a component too. Like, if your if your organization is just doing some kind of evil stuff, we probably we're because because <laughs> the, the ultimate yeah. Yeah. yeah the the ultimate criteria here are who do we want stewarding our team if we're a fan of a random team, right? So the and. Some teams, of course, have better markets that they're working with. But if you put that management group somewhere where they don't have that advantage, what do you think it might look like? So certainly taking advantage of the circumstances that you're in, you deserve credit there. But let's say you're an organization that's not willing to spend even in a big market. Shit, what would you look like in a small market, right? That's yeah. certainly a, a something you have to consider and will consider for two civic organizations going forward here. And yeah, so that's, uh, that's basically where we're coming from here. John, give me your number one organization in the NBA. Uh, I went back and forth over this uh, between two teams who have met in three of the last four Eastern conference finals. Yeah. Uh, And ultimately, even though it's a shorter track record, I don't know what the Celtics have missed on since Brad Stevens went upstairs, and yeah. So that to me, that it was it was hard to take them over Miami when Miami's body of work is over such a huge number of years. But 
I can also look at Miami, the roster even now, and nitpick some things and say, okay, they probably regret that, that, and that. It's just really hard to do that with Boston. Uh, the Derek White trade was tremendous and the timing was tremendous. The smart extension and then having the stones to trade him uh, seemingly right at the point where his value is about to go off the cliff uh, was, was brilliant. The whole process of getting Horford back and extending him, uh, the Przingis trade, uh, even the the Pritchard extension, I, I just think they, they haven't really missed. And I think other other teams is pretty easy to point out, even at even at even over the same time period, some things that are already pretty clear misses. Uh, they handled the Udoka thing. They brought in Missoula, which I think was controversial at the time, and he, I think he's turned out to be a pretty good coach, uh, and will probably continue to improve as he gets his uh, his sea legs there. So, well, well, he did have the uh, greatest coaching moment in NBA history on Tuesday night. So, I, I, I think it's pretty much a wrap <laughs> that he's amazing. Yes, yes. As a, as an in season tournament enthusiast, that was the only correct answer right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the the one nitpick you could have maybe is the Udoka thing. Although the Udoka hire as an actual coach was fantastic, and I don't. I'm guessing there wasn't any background indicating that he, you know, had engaged in that sort of behavior at other organizations. And I do think that they dealt with it appropriately when it was a, a really difficult more, situation. And yeah, more proactively yeah. than almost any other organization would have, I would say. Yeah, no, I, I think that's right. And I, I mean, because we talked about it at the time from an HR, like actual being a real, you know, business situation like you can't have that going on like you need to move on from him because uh, there are then results uh, for the other person in the organization if he's still around uh, that you know you just from like a legal perspective you, you can't deal with uh so yeah i mean and you look i mean he's proving in houston again that he's a pretty darn good coach uh and yeah i think missoula like having missoula there was useful. I think they've strengthened his bench now. So uh, some people might say Joe Missoula is like not that great. I, I just it wasn't realistic to hire another coach two days before training camp or whatever it was last year. Maybe you would say they should have moved faster on that, or they should have tried to. But but there wasn't an indication that things had kind of went wrong in what apparently was a consensual relationship before that. So I, I and that's you know that's a piece. It's not. You know the the number one thing, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. And the biggest thing that I give them credit for, and this goes back to the Danny Ainge era too, but they just have some balls as an organization. When you you think about, I mean, going back to the Kemba Walker trade, right? Like they brought in Kemba Walker, and they might have been like, ah, you know, after two years, he's we feel like he, he's just you know he had a rough year last year with yeah. his knees. And they're like, no, we are getting off make, of this to make the excuses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they knew. All right, he's probably done. Marcus Smart. Uh, I mean, it, I'm not going to say he got injured in Memphis, but he clearly was uh, kind of on the downside. They did the branch rookie trade a guy a year early as opposed to a year late. Rob Williams, another guy who just like couldn't necessarily stay healthy. Same with Malcolm Brogdon, who you know helped them certainly last year. But to move on from these guys that still had value to get better players, I, I yeah, I, I really struggle to think uh, and Derek White like he's been amazing for them like he's a, a completely undervalued guy as well uh and so yeah I I think you you hit the nail on the head I mean maybe the Jalen Braun extension could be something that they might 
regret and they've kind of they've got this financial apocalypse coming also but i, I think I, as of now to, yeah. to see how they handle that because not the most deep pocketed ownership even though they're they're in a pretty big market and they're the celtics or whatever um they they actually don't really control their own building which is which is unusual yeah. um and so i think they're a little bit less profitable because of that now they have been willing to spend a little more right they're Going to be yeah. end up this year probably around eighteen million over the over the tax line. Pay a pretty big penalty because of that. Going to do the same next year. Probably going to keep doing that in the out years as long as they have Tatum and Brown on these contracts. So we'll see with the repeater and whatnot how they manage that and how uh, cheap they end up being. I guess uh, while they have a really good team. Uh, so that that's going to be the next test for these guys. Yeah, now I I don't view them as like one of the like crazy spenders, but they're kind of in the next tier yeah. down, I would say, right? I, I mean, they're not I I struggle to think of any moves they've made that are just like total cost-cutting moves that that have messed them up a little bit. And that's a, maybe a little bit in contrast to Miami who like you I had as the other team in my top tier. Uh but yeah, I, I mean the Stevens era and, and who would have thought that, right? We thought the theory I had, at least when they hired him, was, well, he's still under contract. He doesn't want to coach anymore. So, all right, just go be the GM so we don't have to pay you your your huge salary to not do anything, right? Like, so, uh, yeah, and, and he's been uh, amazing. And even you know, Danny Ainge, I think, is still doing a pretty darn good job at, in Utah. But maybe there's a feeling like, I mean, that's another thing, honestly. Like, they, a lot of teams might not have kind of pushed Danny Ainge out a little bit. I think that they felt like he... Uh, they may not be right about this, but they felt like it, he'd kind of run his course in Boston yeah. and they went another yeah. direction. And that, dire- I mean, I think Brad Stevens, for where the team was, like Danny Ainge was like always kind of playing the long game, didn't want to make the big move. So, uh, you know, in terms of trades, and Brad Stevens, of course, has been extremely aggressive for where they are. Granted, they are in a different place now than they were two, three years ago with uh, Tatum now fully in his prime, same with Brom. So yeah, I went with Boston number one. I, th- I think this is, I was torn as well. I think this discussion has kind of pushed me to have them number one now. Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tux from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfitter of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly. Because when you go somewhere else, you're not going to get something that's made for you. So why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you. And not only does Indochino have the suits that made them famous, but now they've got everything. Blazers, pants, women's wear, outerwear, designed and made for you. Hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from. European wools, linen, cottons, tons of colors, tons of patterns. You can customize things like the lapel, the vents, the pockets, and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. So level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use the code PER. Easy to remember because John invented it. Use PER to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O, Indochino.com. And don't forget that PER code to let them know you came from us.
I remember after college, before I was going to move on to the next chapter of my life, my buddy and I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina to work some summer jobs and hang out. We had a great time, except for his car. His car was awful. We called it the POS. It was like a 91 Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. We're allowed to talk about Oldsmobile now that it's a defunct brand, right? Is that okay? This thing had the turning radius of a World War I battleship, broke down all the time, just a, a miserable vehicle to drive. And when customers are rushing to your store, you want a point of sale system that you can trust, not a real POS like my buddy's car. You need Shopify for retail. It makes it easy to accept payments, manage orders, and build relationships with customers. You can sell in person, backed by everything that you need to sell online, track every sale across your business in one place, know exactly what's in stock, connect with customers in line and online. You can drive in-person store traffic with plug-and-play tools for marketing campaigns on social media. Get great hardware that fits your business, accept credit cards, mobile payments, every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing starting on day one. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PER. All lowercase, easy to remember slash PER because John invented PER. Go to shopify.com slash PER to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash per how about miami miami heat yes uh number one in terms of player development have to be number one in terms of stability have to be number one in terms of cap management i would say andy ellisberg is the the best kind of cap guru in the league i think most people would would say uh hashtag heat culture right they they've built their own kind of unique way of doing things and but I think I don't know. Don't you have to write like a whole paragraph about it? The, anytime you say heat culture now, you have to like recite that entire paragraph that they have just sitting on, on their court. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had completely forgotten about that. Uh, yeah. Wow. Um, so, yeah, maybe maybe a little over the top of it at times, but uh, it's interesting for an organization that probably has the least turnover of any in the league that they've managed to not be stale. Um, Like they've actually evolved, I think in some important ways in terms of analytics, in terms of uh, how they deal with uh, load management and uh, resting players. I think their mindset was very medieval and macho and that held them back. Um, And then Maybe like kind of toward the end of last decade, they kind of realized that that's what was happening. And they really uh, very, very quickly, I think, evolved into a a much better version of the same organization. And and so I I think I give them a lot of credit for that. Uh, They still have a few deals that they probably regret a little bit uh, when you look at what they're paying Kyle Lowry what they're paying Hero, maybe, uh, what they're paying Duncan Robinson. Uh, so that that holds them back a little bit, and I think it's maybe has kept them out of some deals that they otherwise might have been able to yeah. make. But uh, the fact is, I mean, they crashed uh, two out of four finals and almost three out of four that they basically had no business being in just because they got system and role players and, and coach correct. And we're able to kind of over their achieve their way into it. Yeah. And obviously the Butler acquisition was a massive coup for them as well. And I agree with you. I think 
there's this feeling that oh man the heat like they they're gonna make the big move right like that's what they do but since butler they actually really haven't succeeded in doing anything like that uh so that and they've kind of like been out these future picks that didn't really like get them that much to begin with and and they've that's a kind of hamstrung them a, a little bit so you keep thinking that they're gonna be involved in these circumstances and, and they never quite get there um so yeah I, I mean i think some of the overpayments that they've made and the feeling that ah we can always just get out of it later it's like well you don't have to get into it yeah. <laughs> to begin yeah. with right like like yeah. that's so so i do i do think that they have a little bit more of a myopic focus on the present part of that given being the age of jimmy Butler, but even going back to you know the waiters james johnson kelly olenic era after they didn't get gordon hayward they and so i think they and, and all right they did some amazing cap management to like fit all those guys in and, and stuff but then you know you got a bunch of bad contracts that you ended up ha- having yeah. to deal with so yeah uh yeah i mean i mean they're generally i, I mean I, I think maybe they finally reached that point where they just are so expensive now that they just had to let like max Struess and gabe vincent go and you know we'll, we'll see how that those guys turn out like a lot of these guys do kind of fall apart after they leave Miami so they have let guys go like Josh Richardson they traded for example um but overall uh, given their development given the way they've empowered Eric Spolstra developed him into the league's best coach their cap management and you might say well you know they're in Miami like that's uh, they're taking advantage of that like eh, not really I mean they just like I guess they got Kyle Lowry to come there that wasn't like amazing yeah <laughs> uh they did get Butler to come there yeah so yeah, I, I think they, uh, yeah, but they, they have had some misses that we have to acknowledge. And I think you make a good point that that's why they should be below Boston. You agree with them at number two? Yeah, I do. Th- those are the two for uh, my top tier. Okay. So the okay. next group. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, there's a couple of organizations that have taken a pretty big tumble for me, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. My next group also had two teams in it. And okay. I'm... I'm interested to see if we're going to diverge here but uh i haven't decided what order to put these in yet but uh my next tier was two teams okc and the denver nuggets okay so let's talk about denver first because i had them at number three yeah uh so i really like that they're even post tim Connolly, they've they've seemed to kind of they seem to be operating the exact same way um i think there's uh, there's a stability there. Obviously, they've stuck through Michael Malone through thick and thin. Um, they have kind of stuck with the Jokic Murray pairing, I think, which their patience was absolutely rewarded with a with a championship. And they've they've been able to do good work around the edges. I mean, the KCP trade last year, uh, I wasn't a big fan of it at the time. It ended up winning them a championship. I, I think they've generally drafted and developed very well. They uh, took an interesting strategic direction post-championship. Uh, and even so, I think they've, you know, they've been pretty creative in putting themselves in position to have these extra picks to use. Uh, so we'll see how that works out at the end of their bench. The Reggie Jackson move looked like an overpay at the start of the offseason. Now it looks like, wow, and you know, in a thin market for point guards, they found one and he was able to, you know, win them a couple games while Murray was out. Uh, so, so you feel better about that. Uh, still a couple moves you probably question there, mainly involving backup centers. Uh, the, the three seconds for Thomas Bryant, right, is 
Probably, yeah. probably the probably the worst trade of any team in my top eight or nine here, right? So, I mean, wasn't wasn't hugely consequential, but it was like, man, wow, that was bad. Um, and uh, the the extension for Zeke Naji, I'm still trying to figure out that one. Uh, yeah, M- Michael Malone is too apparently because he's not in the rotation right now. Yeah, uh, and- I, I mean that that could just be a salary matching thing too. That's because the, they really just don't have any matching salary to send out. Yes. Uh, next year, but uh, uh, the the other uh, the other thing uh, historically frugal, although they're spending a little more now. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they've at least gotten to the point now where they're doing what close enough to what would be expected of them, given how good they are, and like they've they certainly many times over the last five, six, seven years have cheaped out in a way that's kind of hurt the organization, particularly because they also have this history of paying their guys too much and then kind of getting into a pickle and, and having to move them. But, you know, you go back to like Kenneth Fareed, Darrell yeah. Arthur, they yeah. just ended up like for a team that's like so good at drafting and developing to like, all right, we got to give up a first round to, pick. To dump money. Yeah. Yeah. And Jamichael Green last year, they, uh, I mean, they still yeah. got a pick back that became Peyton Watson, but they almost certainly have, have downgraded there and and uh, that also led to they can, they don't because of the financial aspect they don't have the ability to make another move like they did uh for Aaron Gordon but that was a master stroke like uh, understanding what he could be and just what an unbelievable fit he is with Nikola Jokic and and I mean I, I don't know that they had much of a choice with Jeremy Grant after the 2020 bubble but they kind of let him go and that was uh a, I mean, maybe I, I don't think they should have like, you know, beaten Detroit's offer on that or anything. And it seemed like he wanted more of an offensive role. So they let him go. But then they were able to acquire Aaron Gordon. When you consider what the price is for starters of Aaron Gordon's caliber these days to have identified him. And there was this feeling like he would be unextendable, but they actually were able to extend him as well. And, you know, he's playing. I don't want to say at an all star level. I think that's a little overrated, but certainly, you know, he's kind of in that next tier down of like a really, really good starters who's helped them. Uh, they made the Michael Porter Jr. pick. They paid him too much money in the end when I didn't really feel like they had to, but that's kind of their culture and they've succeeded with that. But uh, I mean, o- overall, like they've just developed some great, great players. And this was still uh, a lot of the same people who identified Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray. And as you mentioned, the KCP trade was fantastic. Christian Brown looks like a, a really good pick. I think he was at 21 that yeah. they got him. Like he's someone who's at least going to be in the rotation. Uh, I think at least some of their younger guys that they drafted the last couple of years are going to work out. Maybe not all of them, maybe not right now, but I think they'll get at least rotation guys out of some of those. Uh, and yeah, so I, I, I think overall, given that they've been one of the most successful teams and that they've done it almost entirely through internal development and then two very timely trades identifying guys who would fit extremely well in their starting lineup. Uh, I also don't think that there's really like other organizations other than OKC that have like covered themselves in glory in the last few years as well. So that's, that's kind of part of it. Like I'm not like so blown away by Denver, but I also think that they just, they have the best resume at at this point uh, among this next group. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I had, I had Denver third, uh, controversy here. You had OKC fourth. I had them fifth. Um, 
I th- okay. I think well, well, yeah. I want to hear because because I didn't have anyone else in this tier, so I want to hear who is uh, who's your number four then. Uh, I had Philadelphia ahead of them. Ah, I, I mean, do you just like just love like going to like plays or watching you know like great dramas on on HBO? You just you can't get enough of of, uh, of internal conflict. Is, is that why you ranked them this high? <laughs> I think that I mean. They've navigated themselves out of both dilemmas in in ways that have left them with a pretty damn good team, which you wouldn't necessarily expect. Yeah. And I, yeah. The Maxi pick, the Melton trade. Uh, I, th- I think they've done some really good stuff around the edges. Um, they finally uh, went in a different direction on coaching, which I think was probably overdue. And we'll see. I mean, they've given themselves a lot of flexibility. We're going to find out a lot, I guess, in the next year because they they have so many decisions to make as an organization about what this team is going to look like around Embiid in 24-25. But they've they've managed to preserve a lot of their flexibility. Now, I will say um, last offseason is definitely a little bit of a red flag, right? When you talk about House, Tucker, uh, like they just – didn't get much out of that. Restoring Corkmaz has been kind of a bomb. But what, what about the uh, Melton? The Melton trade was last off season, uh, and I think yeah, they the did. The Melton trade was fantastic. Yeah and, yeah, and and Tucker Tucker helped them last year. Like I don't think he was the reason that they that they lost in the playoffs. They lost in the playoffs because their stars weren't any good in the end. They like they I had think good there's games. An element but, of that, I think. I think the other team also was not guarding PJ Tucker, which you know, for for an eleven million dollar guy, you would hope that the other team would attempt to guard him. Yeah, well, I, I, we, we've always differed on, on PGA for a while. I, I think you're missing the the biggest. I, I mean, I have a ton of respect for Gerald. Absolutely, like I, I think he's among the best GMs. But given his resume, I find it hard to have a ton of respect for Josh Harris as an owner. And even you mentioned the coach. Well, didn't they hire the coach before hiring the GM? Like, I, okay, that, yeah, I, I mean, that, maybe they had clear error there. Yeah. 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 Now, I, they may have had some idea that. Uh, Daryl Morey wasn't going to be spending the next five years with his family the way he said when he left Houston. But but nonetheless, uh, I, I think, you know, and I, of course, you still have the Colangelo thing, the firing of, of Hinky, like a, a, a lot of that chaos has still happened under the same owner. And that's, that's, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. All right. You, you might, you might've talked, you might've talked me into pushing them down a notch or two. Yeah. And, and it even does appear that Josh Harris kind of put his thumb on the scale to get Daryl to trade Harden when he did, mm-hmm. which I, you know, I'm not sure why they needed to do that right then because they were already playing well. I mean, they didn't, did they need like Nick Batum and Marcus Morris to like come in and, and play for them at that particular moment. Uh, maybe not. I mean, it's, it seemed like there was definitely a feeling of like, Oh, let's just, let's just get this over with. And uh, now, uh, I mean, maybe Daryl would have wanted to just send James Harden home or something like that uh, until they traded him. I'm not sure, but, uh, but then Josh Harris probably wouldn't have wanted to pay him. I, I, I think, and, and the Ben Simmons thing. Yeah. Okay. It, it's, they got out of the Simmons thing. They got out of the Harden thing. But they also managed to like piss guys off so much that they just straight up wouldn't play for them, right? Like that's yeah. it. You probably get more for the guys in trade if they're just like on your team playing well, and then you just move them as opposed to like having this uh, crazy drama situation. Like they navigated it absolutely. Like good job. It got out of the particularly the Simmons thing somewhat better than I thought. Although you might say that Daryl really wanting James Harden. Like if they could have got 
Tyrese Halliburton for Ben Simmons, which I bet you they probably could have that or could have got De'Aaron Fox for uh, Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, they've got Max, you know, it's kind of similar to that, but still like they, they could have gotten someone better for James Harden. It would have been a better fit with the Embiid in the long term too. So that's, it, it seemed like they did really well there, but let's not forget that Ben Simmons actually had a lot of value at that time, which is, it seems crazy to think about now. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, just because of that, I had Philly down in this, in this next group of teams. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, I do have a lot of respect for Daryl, but I, I think that it's just, it's just a little too chaotic there. Okay. I think, I think you might've won me over with that, with that argument. Uh, D- Daryl, before we finish it, more add uh, one thing we have to say about him. He is more comfortable with being uncomfortable than probably any other GM in the league. <laughs> Right. Which I don't mind generally. Yeah. I, I think that that's good. But you could, if you dial that down 10%, so you at least have like your players on the floor for you, that that might be helpful. Um, now, uh, obviously, Ben Simmons and Harden are their own people as well. Some unique personalities. I'm not sure this would happen, you know, if it was Damian Lillard or something instead, like the, it wouldn't well, happen they, that way. Nate, they took care of Paul Reed, and that's all I care about. <laughs> only because they matched it though yes and, and i'll say too they did i mean they ended up getting kelby kelly Oubre. they are very light on depth at the moment and they let some guys go like shake milton for example you know maybe they could have just re-signed him because of the the limbo that they were in with harden they just kind of couldn't make some ancillary that's moves true. that i think would have helped them this summer that's true although to their they would probably point out that shake milton has been horrendous in minnesota I expect him him to make a shot at some point this season. Yeah, but fine. They they have no backup point guard at all. And uh, I mean, I think like their, their, uh, their fifth players of both uh, like Patrick Beverly and, and Nick Batum, they've got now both have like under 10% usage. (laughs) So, uh, I I mean, when they get Ubre back, that'll be great. And that'll, you know, that's looking like it was a complete coup so far. We'll see uh, how long the Kelly Ubre experience lasts. Uh, so yeah, I, I had Philly kind of in this next group. I guess that would be kind of the uh, the four, the five to eight range. Across America, BP supports more than two hundred and seventy five thousand jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms, and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, uh, so, see. Yeah, okay, go ahead, sorry. See, yeah. I yeah. think um, it's interesting because I think they've, you know, we in the big picture, obviously, they pushed the button on the rebuild, got all the draft picks or whatever. Um and, but I also think it was part of like, even though they've had the same general manager for decade and a half now, um, I do think at the end of the PG area era, 
they were losing their way a little bit and they kind of kind of reset on some things and put themselves in a better position, not just by making the Paul George trade, but I think they've rethought a little bit, like going from, you know, the vanillaest of vanilla coaches with Brooks and, and Donovan to hiring Mark Dagnall, who's fantastic, um, from just taking all these flyers on toolsy guys who can't really play basketball to like, no, okay, we're going to draft Jalen Williams, Casey Wallace, um, picking up Isaiah Joe off of waivers. Like, I, I, I just think they've, uh, that there's been a little bit of a mindset change there into how they get from A to B that's been really helpful for them, even though it's been it is, uh, is Troy Weaver addition by subtraction? <laughs> burr, burr. I mean, that, I mean, what? Yeah, I mean, the one move where they couldn't help themselves and kind of went back to their old ways was with the, the trading the three first for Usman Deng. But but by and large, it, it does seem like there's been a, a little bit of a different mindset uh, the last, I'll say, two to three years. I think that move for Jeng is actually going to work out. I would make that move again right now, quite frankly, because the the rest of those picks are terrible, right? That's It's Washington, Detroit, and Denver were the picks, weren't they? Washington and Detroit are never going to convey <laughs> as, as first rounders. And Denver ended up being number 27. That ended up in Charlotte. It was uh, Nick Smith. So, yeah, I would much rather have Usman Jang, uh, well, who I, would, I, I think I, still has a future. I know he's not playing right now, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, let's kind of go through the, the history. It's, it's interesting. I mean, Sam Presley obviously, you know, built this team up in a way that basically had never been done. I mean, it's basically them and like, you know, the 95 Magic as teams that were that young that got to the finals. And then basically from 2012 to uh, 2016, Sam Presti just completely lost his mind and, you know, did stuff like the Harden trade, stuff like trading first for waiters and Cantor. And they just, they couldn't get, uh, and with all the resources that they had at hand, they couldn't find like a fifth starter to play with KD, Russ, Steven Adams, and Ibaka. Like who is like who could do even pretend to defend and shoot at the same time? It, it was just a, and you know they had Randy Foy and Derek Fisher Terrence rolling Ferguson. through. Yeah, it was just yeah. yeah I, I liked the Ferguson pick at the time. I was quite wrong with that. Uh, but anyway, and then the Ibaka trade was an absolute coup, right? They they did that right before KD left. Uh, yes. Then they they got yeah because yeah. that led to. Oladipo, which led to Sabonis, which led to George. Do I have that right? No, yes. Oladipo yeah. and Sabonis for George. That's what it was. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those guys. But those are those are all pretty good good picks. I mean, uh, identifying those guys and then getting Paul George. Now, you know, the Carmelo Anthony trade maybe, maybe was not great. Uh, they get off of him for for Schroeder to save money, but they were spending a lot of money during that period as well. That you always yeah. felt like, oh yeah, it was just like Clay Bennett is being cheap. But I think in the end. It probably was more Sam Presti just not wanting to go into the luxury tax like quite yet with like this young organization. He had this plan like they're going to just like keep growing and it just it didn't work. But then, I mean, the fortitude. You're saying about the Harden trade, right? The Harden trade, getting Cantor and waiters, the whole idea of those. Oh, we got these young guys matching on Cantor, uh, the max contract. Yeah, I mean, that was that that was incredible. Uh, but yeah, so then, I mean, make it, and then making the move to trade Paul George, I mean, that's just an unbelievable trade. And again, the organizational vision and credit Clay Bennett for like empowering Presti to do this as well. The organizational vision of like, 
hey, we're going to trade Paul George and Russell Westbrook like we had a playoff team. No, we're going to move a year early. We don't. We know that this team doesn't have it. So we're going to make this incredible trade, which, and don't forget that trade was completely unprecedented. Like, oh yeah, you just trade all your picks and all your prospects for, for a guy that's like Derek here now. No, that was, that had basically never happened until that point. And did you have it happen for Paul George, a very good player, uh, but to identify with the situation that the Clippers were in at the time to identify Shea is like, no, we got to have you in the trade as well. Uh, That, that was incredible. And they really, uh, get the Chris Paul for Westbrook trade was unbelievable. And that trade could have gotten them like another top five pick two and 21. The Rockets just got of, very lucky. They're kind of unlucky. Yeah. Not, not to, not to get that. Yeah. And we'll see where the, the Rockets end up now, but that those picks have been like the sort of Damocles hanging over the Rockets organization since then and just totally yeah. changed their decision-making. So yeah. And all these other picks that they've had, they've drafted pretty like Jalen Williams was a, a fantastic pick uh, where he was drafted. So there, uh, you know, Chet is looking like the right pick at two there when I think some people might have gone Jabari in that spot. Yeah. Not that Jabari is looking terrible, but Chet is is looking like he might be a, a game changer for them. So they're, they're uh, and they've proven to be willing to spend through uh, Clay Bennett at various times uh, as well. So the only thing you can say, I think, as a criticism of this organization is they haven't proven that they can build a complementary championship team the way a Denver has of just understanding how all the pieces fit together. I think that's the one thing that's still missing from Sam Presti's resume. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good call. The the interesting part is here is going to be obviously what they do with all these picks and how they're able to extract value without kind of wasting them. You know, I think their first couple forays into what do they do all with all these picks maybe didn't go that well when you look at like trading 36 and 34 for JRE, right? Uh, or, yeah. uh, you know, they jumped into, we can argue about Usman Day. I mean, they had the next, they had the next pick uh, when, when they did that. So, uh, that, yeah, that was a but that hard. enabled them to get Jalen Williams. <laughs> well, I would have argued that they could have just taken Jalen Williams and, and been fine. But anyway, well, well, we, we have, well, well I mean, I guess they didn't. They didn't. Maybe someone might have taken Jalen Williams at eleven. You now that's that's a possibility too. So because they traded for eleven, so that yeah. they took a took away the possibility that someone could take Jalen Williams away from that eleven. I mean, it seems like they targeted Jang more, but who who knows which of those two they were more invested in when they took him back to back in the end. Uh, it seems like the Cavs maybe were really interested in in Jang at the time. Anyway, we're probably getting too far into the weeds here, but uh, yeah, I mean their development has looked good. Hiring Dagnaught as a coach, we probably haven't even talked about that enough. We probably need to move on from them. But uh, they've, uh, yeah, again, I, I'm just, I struggle to have, uh, they certainly have fewer warts than the rest of these organizations, right? If the biggest thing you can say is Sam Presti hasn't built a championship team that fits perfectly together. And that was almost 10 years ago we're talking about now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, well, well-run team, will, willing to spend, stable. Like, they, you know, they check all the boxes. All right, who else checks some boxes for you here? So, yeah, I mean, I had Philly as my next team, and then I think we get into a a different kind of wartier tier, I would say, uh, where teams who have done some good stuff would definitely make some made some mistakes too. Uh, I'm not sure how you feel about this. Uh, I had Golden State at six. Yeah, they were in this group for me also, and I think the biggest – thing you have to start with for them is 
just that they're willing to spend and they're a little bit different like you're like oh yeah well they're in this incredible market well no they actually made that market make all the money that it does the move to san francisco and yeah it was kind of a boom time in the bay area and in the 2010s yeah. that coincided pretty well but like their arena still prints money they actually yeah. don't make that much money from tv because they locked in like very early and probably that was probably their worst business decision to to lock into like you know i don't know what's a 30 million dollar a year like tv contract for like 15 yeah. years oh, yeah, and, and for those don't, who don't quote me on those that, numbers but for those who aren't familiar that place in oakland was a dump like it, get, getting out of that was a, was a big deal yeah i mean from like a money-making standpoint yeah. it, it was a gr- it was a great place to watch a game but uh you know it was also in the middle of a you parking ever been lot in the visitor so. locker room there oh yeah of course yeah it was big at least <laughs> okay yeah, one yes. one time I, I Every, got up everyone, on a ladder. Everyone could get their own patch of soiled carpet comfortably. Yes. <laughs> yeah. One time I got up on a ladder, poked out one of the ceiling panels, and I just got like uh like fifty grand out of it. it was great. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, I can assure you the Grizzlies never left any money in those ceiling panels. Yeah, yeah. So uh but yeah, so I don't know. Tell me why you have Golden State up it in this tier particularly when they've had like some some foibles recently they have but i also you know i look at the recent track record like the championship team of two years ago i think that was such an organizational win and that that still has to be on the resume in terms of the things they had to do i mean obviously steph curry fell in their lap great but to have the the wiggins trade uh the minimum guys they signed that year like they hit, they completely hit all those out of the park. And so they ended up with a deep team without like spending a ton of money in terms of like Otto Porter and Gary Payton, GP2, who were, you know, I mean, those were minimum guys and they had uh, Porter starting finals games. GP was finishing them like that. That was a big deal, right? Yeah. Uh, so I, I think you still have to look at that. You still have to look at the Kerr hire. Um, Bob Myers is gone, but they still have this, you know, a lot of the same people. And then the, the Lakeups with the, the willingness to spend. So, yeah, I mean, they have some things that haven't gone as well. I mean, the Wiseman pick, obviously, is the biggest one. Uh, but I, th- I think if you look at the totality of the the body of work, they still probably should rank ahead some of these other teams. Yeah, and there has been this feeling of like, oh, they have this culture of like, I guess, like playing with joy and sharing the ball and strength in numbers. I, I've always felt a lot of that was kind of bullshit, personally. Uh, and that I don't know that they have really like an overarching organizational philosophy. And you've seen that in the way that they vacillated back and forth. All right. We draft the Ross guy in the draft in 2020, James Wiseman. And then, uh, you know, the, then we're going to draft Kaminga and Moody the next year. We're going to do the two timelines. Like, uh, no, wait, actually now we're, we're going back to, we're just going to draft guys that like fit into our system. And Pajemski actually looks like a a pretty good pick there. Right. I mean, maybe, but they've kind of, the, there isn't really a philosophy. Uh, they've also have had like a relatively small front office as much as they have all this money have invested in the players. They, they're not really known for like investing a ton in the organization overall. Um, the inability to left, deal with the, you know, you left yeah. out the greatest draft pick of all. Mm, did I? Uh, yeah. The guy who was in uh, Santa Cruz and they were hiding him during the, sh- during the G league showcase. What was his name again? His name was Alan Smilegeach. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I I couldn't couldn't pull it up for the life of me. Good old Smiley. 
Yeah. That, yeah. That yeah apparently he's putting up some numbers in Europe th- these days, but yeah, w- was not an NBA player at that time. Uh, certainly. Uh, so, I mean, they've definitely had some wins. I mean, the Wiggins trade was fantastic. Like signing Russell just as a placeholder to eventually trade him. Yeah. Doing, was really did, good. So having the financial uh, willingness to do KD as a sign and trade really set them up to win that next title. Yeah, no, that that's absolutely true. Uh, now I, I think they're going to, pair it back a little bit with the the new cba which they probably kind of have to anyway i don't uh, i don't think they're i don't think they're good enough anymore to spend 50 million into the tax i hate to say it and so there's some hard decisions coming up there yeah i i think that's fair also the way that they've dealt with draymond doesn't seem to be working yeah i mean credit to them for having it basically work this long right but that now yeah. now it seems like they're at kind of a different a different point and they still did the extension so they're, they're locked in there a little bit i'm not sure like what a theoretical trade with him looks like because i think there's some teams who would just be like no uh but on the other hand i think some places might really really want him so maybe they turn out okay it only takes one yeah it does uh but you know not suspending him after the pool incident which i was kind of on board with at the time i i will admit but it seems like he's just he's continuing to get more and more on tilt and they just uh, he hasn't really yeah he's been doing shit like this since 2016 yeah i thought they should have suspended him for but i mean you can't punch a guy on your own team in the face (laughs) like that's (laughs) certainly not on tmz that's for sure Yeah, just just leave, you got to leave some leave some bruises like you know below the waterline, not not like uh, <laughs> you know not not right wherever it gets in. Um, yeah, so but I I think again there, as we'll get to, I overall they've won four championships. Like you don't do that if you're a bad organization and they're willing to spend and they have done a really good job relating to their star and Steph Curry. You've never heard a single thing about him wanting to leave or wanting to be traded or any, anything like that. And uh, I think they've made some big strides on the medical side. Like Rick Celebrini was kind of a joke his first year. It now kind of seems maybe like the KD Achilles thing. Part of that was him, you know, doing his own thing uh, medical wise. So uh, and I think uh, their medical staff has done a pretty darn good job since keeping some of these older guys still working like the Draymond Green back injury in 2022 like that could have derailed everything like they managed to get him back for from that like they've managed Clay Thompson pretty well once once Clay actually you know returned to the fold that was also like during the pandemic he like wasn't yep. working with the organization so uh, I got it you, you know more about this stuff than you do for some of the other teams so maybe it's uh, you give them more of the benefit of the doubt because you know the story in a way that you don't for others. Yeah, so Golden State was in this group for me. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. 
Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Who, who else you got? I guess I still have the Clippers here. Okay, I, I had them as my next team with with some trepidation, but... Uh, I, I think for the most part, they've they've done a pretty decent job at managing what assets they had left over from from Kawhi and PG. I, I think they've they've let themselves get too old and unathletic, and they've never really solved the need for a point guard. Uh, but they got more mileage out of the Westbrook pickup last year than I would have ever thought. Uh, good coach hire with T. Lou, Harden trade. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see on that. I I'm not totally sure how I feel about that. I think they're they're stuck in a tight spot. Yeah, uh, give them points for willingness to spend. Give them points for getting man with the 52nd pick. Um, some of their other picks haven't turned out as well, but they've all been late picks. Uh, so you know the hit rate on those is going to be worse. Pretty pretty. St- Bomber doesn't come across as stable all the time, but it's actually a pretty damn stable organization, right? I mean, the only person they've lost is the you know winger went to take the GM job and uh, or team president job in Washington, right? Yeah, uh, and uh, and he was definitely good people for sure. Uh, I think to me they have just it was on the borderline for a long time, and when Kawhi Leonard and PG were like so good, completely catering to them made sense. It, that hasn't worked and they've still continued to do that with the Westbrook thing like okay yeah he, he gave them a little bit more than expected but only because only one of PG and Kawhi was healthy basically the whole time he was there last year and now this year it wasn't going amazingly and then they trade for Harden and just like oh yeah Harden and Westbrook and George and it just you have to be an idiot to think that would work but the reason that they they did it is because that's what the players want the players don't know what the fuck they're talking about when it comes to personnel they just don't uh i, I mean even it, no matter how good of a player you are you just you don't watch the whole league you're that's not your job right like the front office isn't very good at playing basketball and the players aren't very good at acquiring talent and making trades and stuff and so yeah okay they wanted james harden i mean that's why these moves have been made and then and they wanted a point guard i i kind of disagree that they needed a point guard i mean they had basically like you know, one of the most efficient offenses without a quote-unquote point guard. And because they gave PG and Kawhi plenty of space to operate. Now they don't, not only do they not have athleticism, but they don't have any spacing. Like, they're unathletic and they can't space the floor, which is just, that's a terrible combination. Uh, And, you know, I I think they're going to be better. Like, I think their defense is going to be pretty decent. uh, But they seem like they're kind of uh, a powder keg right now. And that's because they, they ultimately needed to develop some stones with PG and Kawhi and they have at least and not just, you know, throwing them the max as of right now. Yeah. But they still are kind of like, well, I guess if we're not going to throw in the max, now we got to do whatever they want personnel wise. And it just, it hasn't worked. Yeah. Good, good save getting uh Daniel Tice off the, uh, uh, off the scrap heap when, uh, when they lost Plumley. Yeah. I still just feel like prioritizing Plumley. I mean, we'll see how good Tice is. Like he couldn't, beat out Isaiah Jackson and Jalen Smith for two years. So I'm not, I don't think he's going to be a, a panacea for them. I think that was more strategic. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, that makes sense. Like they, they just a, wanted to develop a, those guys. As a long time German national team observer, Nate, uh, you know, I think 
you have to believe. Yeah. Well, Tice also, he doesn't really like playing for bad teams. Um, so uh, ultimately, like they have spent a lot of money. They are going to continue to be willing to spend. Uh, I, I think they, I'm not like they were pretty high up for me last year. And we thought, all right, it's just the, the injuries. It's bad luck. Since then, though, they've just made all these moves that have just completely. I mean, they took 23 pointers in a game a couple of nights ago, right? It just to just have your only shooters on the team be PG, Kawhi, and maybe Norman Powell. And just uh, I, the way they're building this team just doesn't seem smart to me. So it's hard. It's hard for me when I don't haven't agreed with most of their roster moves over the last couple of years to have many higher than this. Certainly, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the other things I kind of admired the former exec in me in me uh, admires. I do think they're a very thorough organization. They cover all their bases. Um, they 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 don't get caught out. Uh, or should I say, with one glaring exception, they don't get caught out overpaying in trades. Um, you know, obviously PG they did, but that was an exceptional case. Um, yeah. So I, I I do think there's kind of a, a rigorousness to what they do that uh, exceeds that of a great many other organizations. So so there's they, they keep their mouths shut too, like their shit doesn't leak. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's do one more team here, and uh, I will pick it. This is this because okay. this closes out my tier. This is my top eight. Okay. The Utah Jazz. Oh, I had Charlotte there. <laughs> Just kidding. This is incredible. This is incredible. We have almost the same. I also had the Utah Jazz at number eight as the last team in this tier. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So a little similar to Oklahoma City in that tremendous job of acquiring the assets. And now it's a question of what they do with it. Uh When you look at the Gobert trade and the Mitchell trade and the Stones to do that with a team that was still pretty good, uh getting... Markinen from uh, Cleveland, you know, was a tremendous yeah. as a as a. Uh, but both of those both of those trades were absolutely fantastic, yeah. and they showed such organizational vision. Hiring Danny Ainge was, was really good. You thought maybe he was done, and yet you know they, he's and Justin Zanuck is a really solid like number two day to day guy as well. Yeah, exactly. The um, uh, the Will Hardy hire is looking good so far. Yeah. Uh, so it's just a question of now what, what do they do with this, this thing that they have, you know, can they, Keontae George is looking like a good pick. Uh, yeah. With the first pick from the Gobert trade, by the way, uh, wait and see on Taylor Hendricks and Bryce Sensabaugh, I guess. Uh, but they do have, they have future picks. They have cap flexibility. They have Kessler. You look at that John Collins deal and you wonder about it a little bit, but actually I don't think his number ends up hurting them. Just yeah, they're set up because I just, I just don't see the Utah jazz being a big player in like unrestricted free agency. If he had one or maybe even two years left on his deal, I think I could get in behind it a little bit more. I just don't think that like, would I rather have $25 million to spend some other way, even if it's not just straight up free agency? Or would I rather have John Collins? I think I would probably rather just have the 25. Yeah. That, Even that if he, was, he's been a little better for them this year. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's not like criminally overpaid or anything. He just was kind of, they just didn't need him. Like they have a power forward and they have a center Like they're, they're, yeah. and, and they have a, a solid backup, a uh, four or five swing guy in a link. It just is, I mean, maybe a link will leave and then they, they'll just bring Collins off the bench after that. But he's, you know, he's also blocking the, the number nine pick that they just made. So it just, 
I, I think he is yeah. not the only thing blocking the number nine pick. Uh, okay. But we'll, we'll see how that Well, I, I mean, but he's still under contract for two more years. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's so, what I'm saying. Like this year, yeah, 40, it doesn't matter. But 46 million for Collins and Sexton in 25 26. Uh, that, that may end up being a tough swallow. Yeah. Se- Sexton has had some struggles. I mean, yeah, they've, like, those guys could both give you something, but they're also just, they don't have like great roles on this team like they already have like jordan clarkson right now maybe they trade clarkson but uh but i think ryan smith has done pretty well like he showed he was willing to spend back when they looked like contenders but he also yeah. was willing to pull the plug on that era again trading guys a year too early as opposed to a year too late and got this incredible haul and now they're they're set up pretty well yeah and they still have you know, they're going to have three firsts in 25. They're going to have three firsts in 27. And they're probably going to have three firsts in 29. So looking to be in really great shape. What, uh, if you had to make a criticism of the organization, what would it be? Uh, I guess, I, think- I, I mean, the, the fact that, you know, the two years of the Ainge era, they haven't won any games. Is that, <laughs> is that it? <laughs> well, they won more than expected last year. I think, I think the roster they put together this year. You, it's fair to ask questions about what they were thinking would happen in the backcourt. Yeah. Just, well, I, yeah. You can't just have all shoot first picks, right? Like there has to be some balance. Yeah. Now, now, Keontae George is, I, I think him, he's getting valuable experience right now. He's also uh, helping them keep a valuable top 10 protected pick uh, to, <laughs> to OKC. Like, like this was always going to be a weird year for them because of that. But they did exceed expectations last year. They have uh, some of the, some good veteran players, but the fit is not amazing. So I I think this is okay right now. If they're still winning thirty five games and not any better, or if they're still winning thirty games next year and not any better, then maybe I'll my eyebrows will start to raise a little bit and I might downgrade them. But as of right now, I think if you just look at since Ainge took over, what have they done? It's hard to find other than maybe the Collins thing. It's hard to find a, a lot to complain about. Uh, yeah, there was the um, the Horton Tucker trade was. I, I think it was interesting. I think it was the right move for where they were at the time. We still don't know if it's really going to work out, but I, I don't think that. I don't. It's hard for me to say that that truly hurt them, though. Well, and they got that pick, obviously. That was yeah. a reasonable risk at the time. Yeah, and they they got the uh, that Lakers pick in twenty seven out of it, so that that's helpful. Uh, to, well, I mean, it wasn't amazing value to give up all those guys to, and only get one first i would say by the standards that of some of these other deals that we've seen but there also wasn't like a premium premium player that was included in that there wasn't someone who's like a high level starter under a long contract necessarily yeah. uh th- that they gave up in that deal so yeah i mean they gave up vanderbilt as well that's but that's fine like vanderbilt wasn't he's more valuable to a team like the lakers than he is to the jazz um all right we done here i think so all right. Well, it's so, so sad that we, uh, if we're going to do three episodes on this, that we only got through eight teams, that means we'll have so much less time to talk about, uh, you know, your number nine team, the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> we we still uh, should have plenty time, plenty of time to argue about whether whether your number nine team, Detroit, or my number nine team, Charlotte, should be ranked higher. Uh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe put a two in front of that, that nine. Um, so, uh, thanks so much for joining us here. If you're listening on the public feed, I highly encourage you to 
subscribe because uh, next week's episode will be available exclusively to dunked on prime subscribers the link is in the show notes or in my twitter at nate duncan nba please give us a follow on youtube as well if you want to see all the stupid faces that john and i make in the course uh, of this episode and we will talk to y'all next week till then bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022 Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.